You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Fox feeling it. Oh, he lost possession on the way up. Regained it and scored. It's a bonus. The rest of the Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. The ESPN courtesy of the call. You know, Demonte Sabonis leads the NBA in triple doubles this season. Pretty yeah, amazing. He's, he's incredible, by the way. Like, if you look at the all-in-ones, there's, like, all the MVP candidates, and you'll, like, be like, all right, first, second, third, fifth, sixth, like, who's fourth? And in all of them, it's like, oh, it's Sabonis. Like that's that's who's like up there and all the the guys like unbelievable that that call by the way I think that crew I didn't have the sound off most I think that was Beth Mowens and Bob Myers was the two it's definitely that Beth Mowens that was definitely Beth Mowens but I, voice, but yeah. I think they had Bob Myers do I think so I don't want to say oh, it's LA in- and that's where he would be to do the show so like Washington Commanders general manager Bob Myers. Part, part of the like presidential committee on finding the next yes, organizational yes, yes. hierarchy. And, and, right. and up next, it's Celtics Bucks with Mark Jones and Joe Shane. Going to be awesome. Right. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it was like Mike Breen and Ron Wolf. <laughs> oh well, it'd be like his kid. By the way, just like in like the nepotism NFL thing, and I actually people yeah. speak very highly of him. Ron's kid, his son Elliot, is now like the de facto GM of the Patriots as like final say on personnel. Oh. Elliot Wolf, yeah. And pe- people think he's good. People think he's like great. Yeah, not like good, like great. Like like Bet Mayo, coach of the year, great. You know, I I don't know what they're. I don't know what their plan is. Like, are they going to? Their plan might be. Are they going to draft? Yeah. I are the. I'm not convinced they're going to be bad. Like, if they trade for Fields and then draft like Harry, is that definitely the plan? Yeah. Yeah. They 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 just they need some juice on offense, and if they get some juice on offense, I think they can they can at least win like like seven games next year. They need like a supermarket aisle worth of juice on offense. Yes. (laughs) All of it. All all the juice. And some, yeah. and some mayo, apparently, also. Um, yeah. We'll get to the NHL. We'll get to College Hoops. Great guests joining us along the way. We'll get back to the National Football League a little later here on the show. But uh, the highlight that we played coming back from break, the Kings taking it to the Clippers last night. Uh, now, the Clippers are still in first place in the Pacific Division. They're one of the favorites to win the NBA championship. The Clippers are four games up on the Kings and the Suns, seven and a half games up on the Lakers, eight games up on the Golden State Warriors. And the Clippers, where if you were listening to the show like a number of months ago, you got them at a very nice price to win this division before they went on their nuclear run. Um, minus 3,000 the Clippers are to win this division. The Kings at 20, the Suns at 25, the Lakers at 150-1, to 1, the Warriors at 250-1. to 1. We could talk Central Division in a second as well, but um, Ken, I know you think this was a really important win for the, for, like, basically Clippers win that game and stranglehold big time on the division, maybe now a little more interesting in the Pacific. Right, because yeah, 
I think everybody's been in this situation before where you, you make a bet in any sport early in the season and maybe it ages well, maybe it doesn't. If it ages really well and you're, you're in the kind of the catbird seat or you're, you know, you're doing really well, you're always thinking about, uh, you know, playing defense, right? Or do I need to bet on a second team? Do I need to do that? You want to hold out as long as possible, obviously, if you can, because you're cutting into how much money you would win. And I think a lot of people have like a really negative impression of hedging. I do in, in some situations I do, like you made a great bet, like play it out would probably be how most people would, would look at it. But if I really like think something is true, then I'm going to, if the, you know, if I, if, even if it's a hedge, I'm going to bet it. This one's really tough just because the prices are so outrageous on uh, the, the other teams that are not the Clippers. So uh, Nick gave you the standings there. It's also worth noting if you look up by, by any measurement remaining strength of schedule, however, each site likes to do it. And they're basically like kind of uniform, mostly just based on how good the teams are this year. All of these teams have impossible schedules remaining because they all play each other and like they're in the toughest division. So the schedules are going to look at, I think literally all of them have like top 10 strength of difficult strength of schedules. I don't know if that's the recipe for this getting crazy. I don't think it's going to get crazy. Like no one got hurt for the Clippers. Paul George didn't play last night, but that didn't seem like a, a major thing. It just seemed like he didn't play last night and Norman Powell played instead and, and scored okay, but just they, they're not quite the same. And the Kings were, it was a great story in that game. Mike Brown told Moens and Bob Myers, I think it was Bob Myers, that they were, before the game, he goes, we're going to double Kawhi on every single possession. And they started the game in like six minutes and they go, we can say this now because the game's going. Mike Brown told us before the game that they were going to double Kawhi on every single, and it like really crushed the Clippers offensive efficiency. Some of their guys couldn't hit open shots last night, couldn't play very well, whatever. Um, I don't, my, my analysis here is, I don't think this is going to get crazy. But I was not even close. I didn't. I don't even open the standings in the Pacific some days because I was just like, "Well, the Clippers got it, whatever." And now I at least like you're in the. Well, I got to open the stand. I got to like think about this a little bit now. Just with that win last night to compress things enough. Everyone's schedule is so tough. It just my guess is everyone probably has some off nights, and it doesn't let a team. You need a team to get like white hot, make up four games in twenty five against like some tanky teams that everyone's going to play. There's really not a lot of opportunity to make up ground. I don't think it can happen, but now this is like, at least got to be on your radar a little bit. Like it's four games. This isn't the Celtics in the Atlantic. Like this isn't something that's done basically like this has a chance to compress a little bit. I'm not betting anything yet, um, but wanted to talk about, I have some other things with the Kings. I think are interesting. Yeah, and uh, and I want to I want you to talk about the Kings in a second here. I just want to say this about Phoenix because I think you know most people will hear the prices and and look at the standings right where the Clippers are four games up on both the Kings and the Suns right now. Kings twenty to one, the Suns twenty five to one, and I think a lot of people will say, well. I want the team that has Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. If I wanted to bet a team to try and like chase down the Clippers in the Pacific Division, Ken was saying that the schedule is impossible for all these teams. Like the like the the Suns schedule is going to be brutal coming toughest, up here now. Yeah, they so have the they have a yeah they have a duplex spot coming up against the Rock. Uh, well, actually, no, they 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 lost to the Rockets recently, right? Is this wrong here? Yeah, literally, uh, they literally lost the Rockets like in their in their life uh, before oh, so, the Lakers. Yeah, game. so they. I, I just wanted to make sure, because like I, I bet them on, that was the game on Friday, I bet them and they lost. Yep. They play the Rockets, I just want to make sure this was right. They play the Rockets in a duplex spot two more times in the coming up here in their next two games. Which so bad, maybe they win bad. both those games. Yeah. Right. yeah. Then it's a home Thunder at Denver, home Toronto, home Celtics at Cleveland, at Boston, at Milwaukee mixed in there, at Denver a little bit after that. 
it's not easy for the Phoenix Suns. So I want to say that about Phoenix because I think that's the team that a lot of people will will gravitate towards. What do you have for us, Ken, here on Sacramento with Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, and company? Yeah, the award that the Kings seem to be up for this year. So last year, De'Aaron Fox won Clutch Player of the Year. Mike Brown won Coach of the Year. They were one of the surprising teams in the league. Uh, Obviously lost in Game 7 of the Warriors in the first round. And so expectations were raised this year. And so they're, but you know, some of their players have still played very well. Sabonis is having a great season. And like the all-star snub conversation is uh, like a sore subject probably for a lot of Kings fans with Fox and him. And like, how how do you not get both almost? But but they're just not up for a lot of awards. Sabonis is just like an all NBA, maybe like a third team all NBA center, maybe because Embiid's not going to hit the game's requirement. Like maybe that's how he kind of fits into this. And they're not, they can't be up for coach of the year anymore. The guy won last year and they're just good again. Um, you know, like they're, they don't play any defense, so they're not going to win defensive player of the year. Their, their thing is like Malik Monk is the favorite right now to win six man of the year. And I think there's some disagreement even among people who bet about whether this is a market worth attacking or not. And I think it's really interesting. And so I think part of it is like you, you, you know, the first question we try to do in, in betting markets is, is there a vulnerable favorite? That's like what we try to identify first. It's usually the easiest avenue to find a market that you want to make bets in. Like, cause like right off the bat, do you disagree with the most likely player to win? I think there are, I don't know if anybody would say no to this right now that like Malik Monk is not the most likely player to win, but I think there are some people who are like, well, it's really close or the way it's going to play out at the end of the year with who wins a lot of games, it can get close. I just, I have trouble figuring out if it's not him who is it? And I feel like people kind of just deviate back and forth like a, the slightest breeze moves you on to another candidate. And I'm like this too, where like some some nights I'll watch games and I'll be like, man, maybe Karis LeVert really can win six man of the year, like a great game the other night. And then some I, nights I, I'm like... I looked at his box score, Ken, and then I looked at his right. game log, literally preparing for the show. And I was like, well, maybe right. not. Maybe not right, exactly. Or... But there, but there's you catch. It's kind of like uh, you catch a team on the right game. You think they're going to win the title. You you catch you catch a, the sixth man candidates in the right game. You, you catch Norman Powell the other night off the bench. He has like 21, 24, whatever it is. You're like, oh, like maybe. And the problem, right, is consistency with all these guys. And that nobody can seem to have like five games where they play really well in a row and seize grip of this award. So who does it fall back to when that happens? Okay, like there are two main criteria that I think a lot of people know that if you want to bet into these markets for six man of the year, these are fair. Just think about it. Like who, who tends to win six man of the year? Uh, a guy who scores a lot off the bench. That's like a pretty easy criteria to, to measure and has been true historically. And then also team success tends to be like a bizarrely important factor in this. Uh, nobody's ever won this award, I think, or maybe won previously going under 500. The average winner tends to win like a lot of games. Like it's usually one of the, the better teams in the league. And this is where the disagreement comes in. Cause I think people look at the seed for the Kings, the success off the bench, you get there. Like I think of the teams that are remotely good, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Monk score the most points of those players, and they're the two favorites. So that's not really where the argument comes in. The argument's like, well, yeah, but Sacramento might be like the eight seed, or they might be like in the play-in. Would they give the award to a guy on a team that's in that round? And that's where you get disagreement, which is really fun. Uh, Where I'm kind of settling is, unless someone like blows, like knocks our socks off here for the next 20 games, and even does it in like three straight games, then... Yeah, I think they're going to give it to the guy who's going to be in the seventh seed and in the play-in and whatever, because he's just, he makes the most sense if you take team success and scoring off the bench together. 
he it's him and Hardaway, and Hardaway's trending way down, and Monk is just doing his thing. You know, 15 a game, 16 a game, occasional 20. They're pretty good. It's just like really safe. Um, so I, I think like I think there's this is the award I've seen the most discussion on. Like, I want to bet that guy, I want to bet that guy, I want to bet that guy. And I just uh I'd like to just see more consistency before I would really like be a, a firm believer that we have a right. And to be fair, Monk kind of stinks too. Like he's well, not like, but he's just the least like sticky. If, if, right. if Utah were better, I feel like Clarkson would win. Like it's almost right. like well, he like, scores like, the most Clark- by far. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Right. Bogdanovich. Like these were two really compelling candidates. It's just, oh, by the way, the teams are miserable. And you even saw that like yeah, this let's clutch points poll. Right. Yeah. Which like like there's like a, a poll that I don't think had many voters participate. Also, is he going to start now? You... I could be wrong about that. But with Trey out, is Bogdanovich going to start now? That so that would be my guess. But e- like even even putting that to the side because like he's not going to win anyway. So but like even if he did play off the bench the rest of the year, I think even what like this limited polling told you is hey like neat neat points per game. It again it's that team success angle where people that like Monk and Hardaway got the most votes in this small poll. It just at least it again emphasizes how important team success. Like you got to at least be in the playoff chase. So unless I get three games, five games, anything consistent at all. And how about not like Levert next game is like 0 for 7 for two points, which happens all the time with him. Can we get like a little consistency? Then I think you could, I think you could turn the tide on this. I think there's someone who like somebody could make that case. Just everyone's been so bad. No one's done it yet. And if no one, we're running out of time, clock's ticking. And if nobody does it, Monk wins. Like that's who wins when it just stays the same. He wins. Something's got to change, and nothing has changed yet. Uh, I got, I got something for you here. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken. So earlier oh in the show, I was earlier this hour. We played out. Okay, what if the Celtics go supernova here and win a sure. billion games oh, down the stretch? Kind of like what happens? What is this one going to be? Okay. The the well, this is actually like in the realm of possibilities, as opposed to like well, the, the Charlotte Hornets whatever game the rest of the season. It's, um, not, the, it's not the Cavs Celtics. It's, like Al Horford's it's not. not happen. Yeah, it's not the Celtics. What if? The Milwaukee Bucks go nuclear down yeah. the stretch in Supernova. Uh, Bobby Portis is at a massive price, and he's actually as a, a string of nice statistical games here, including the two games coming out of the All Star break that that the Bucks have won. So Milwaukee right now, I'm just bringing up the standings here, and also they're they're plus one twenty to win the division. Uh, I I think they're going to win. They're one game behind Cleveland right now. I think Milwaukee's big time on the come here. Milwaukee is. Looks to be almost certainly a top three seed at worst, maybe the two seed in the Eastern Conference, either the two or the three. Um, and if they, let's say they win 20 games down the stretch here, they'll have almost 60 wins. They'll have 57 wins. Giannis probably not going to win MVP. Doc Rivers obviously is not going to win Coach of the Year. Does Milwaukee get rewarded at all for anything? Could Bobby Portis win six bays? 125 to one right now. This 57 was, this is win Milwaukee same. with Bobby Portis over eight seed Malik Monk. Here's, I don't know if he can win. Can I make a prediction? I bet he's the next guy we all gravitate toward. As like, not even that he's going to win. Just like, well, maybe. I think like collectively, I bet we're all, I bet we're all going to do that. Well, we just did it with Nas Reed. Like he was, he was <laughs> 125 was to one. He was 125 to one, just like Portis. He doesn't score very much, just like Portis. Portis is under 13 points a game. Like, they're both kind of the same. The teams, like, it's almost like you use the team success instead. Well, who are the great teams? Maybe they'll give it to one of those guys. And I'm just just not sure they're good enough. I just am really not sure. But I will say that my last point on this, 
okay, like, here's how things are right now. Monk is ahead. I think if it ended today, he would win. What can turn the tide in the next 25 games? Marketing. Promotion. Like, Brogdon won in part last year because Tatum is on social media. Missoula is on social This is the sixth man of the year. I don't know if a lot of these guys care about winning this, but if somebody does and their teammates go out of their way to, like, put it... no, There are no campaigns right now for this award. And maybe Monk starts one. Maybe somebody else does. Like... That sounds so stupid, but it's a stupid award. Maybe that's how somebody wins it. Who's going to win the Central Division, Cavs or Bucks? Close, I guess Milwaukee, but I don't feel like that confident. You get plus 120 if you want to make that bet. A little more NBA coming up next. Maybe we'll do some hockey and college hoops, or maybe not. The NBA stuff's really good. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. 